Hey, hey, creators, welcome to the Creative Church Podcast, where each week we talk about the latest in Christian creative culture and we explore the lives of prominent creatives. Today is Tuesday, July 3rd, 2018, and on this very special episode, July 4th week episode of the Creative Church Podcast, I'm sitting here in Middle Tennessee, and I'm your host, Nick Goodner. Also on location um, from Kansas, Ross Montgomery. Howdy. And uh, to his digital right, my left, still in Florida, Emily Cummins. Hey, guys. So right off the bat... Um, <laughs> we you all guys have, are we hear... all have all of us except Emily are in unique situations, <laughs> locations. Yes. Very unique recording locations. So I'm sitting in a room, my my kid sister's room, uh underneath a blanket right now, uh in a little corner, and I'm hoping that the air conditioning doesn't cut on the entire time, like cuz I'm sitting <laughs> over a vent. And so I'm just kind of hoping. So if you guys hear me uh breathe a lot more than normal, it's because I'm so super close to the mic huddled underneath this um contraption i've made to deaden the sound around me so uh nice. Ross, I'm, I'm in a basement in my sister's yeah. house who's it was built in like late 1800s and there's a deer head on the wall so oh. there you go Did, was the deer head from the 1800s no was it was one that my brother-in-law got so oh okay is it what i mean at what point what what is the point on it it's like eight point i believe it's point, a 10 point. point 10 point that's what wow. i'm counting here yep. yeah yeah are you guys hunters? Like, do you go hunting? Yes, oh, that's I. Cool. I have not been hunting. Um, I, I, my, my grandparents hunt, but I do know a little. I know, I know enough about hunting to make me dangerous. Oh, what about? I, I just, I, I have a question real quick on the hunting though. Ross, at what point do you hang the deer head on the wall? Like, After when, it's dead. Well, yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> <Correct>. but like, what? <laughs> but like, when as a hunter. When do you know that's the deer you hang on the wall? Because you can't um, do all of them. No, you definitely can't do all of them. A lot of people will do like just the antlers do. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the mount right now, but it's kind of the one you see with the the burgundy felt kind of yes. on a plaque. That yep. sometimes they'll do for their first buck, their first mm -hmm. deer. So that's a popular mount. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you get up to about a 10 point, a 12 point, I would definitely mount um uh the head for sure i for mean someone... it's full and you'll see i'll, I'll post a, i'll tag you guys in a, in a post for my podcasting station you see it in the background it's <laughs> it's um it's kind awesome. of a shoulder mount of a, of the deer so it has all the fur on it and and everything so the taxidermist made it look very lifelike i'd love to post a picture of my podcasting station but i look like a 12 year old <laughs> trying to stay up late from his parents right now like i'm under the blanket the i got flashlight. like a flashlight i'm almost I'm done like, with my comic book mom yes i'm almost done i'm almost done um emily what are you up to in florida today how is how is the state of florida today it is warm it's hot oh my goodness it is the summer uh yeah <laughs> but it's like that all the time it's not i don't know yeah, it's weird. But Florida is kind of normal today. I'm holding down the fort, Nick, while you're gone. So. You got to protect the state while I'm gone because yes. without me there, it's just, it's a, it's, it's exactly. a swamp. That's all it is. It's just a giant swamp. Now, I have not been hunting uh, like Ross, <laughs> but I have gone fishing for the first time oh, ever. I love fishing. Yep. And guys, I caught a shark. I'm so excited. That's, and uh, yes, I got to eat crazy. it. So that was cool too. Wait, you got to eat the shark? Yeah. You People can eat, eat sharks? Yeah. We had yeah, shark tacos. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah, that is like nuts. depending depending on the kind of shark yeah wow yeah. i did not even know that that was a thing i know yeah. how crazy right wow well i i've never eaten shark obviously i've eaten alligator if that that's i know that's that sounds that very is... floridian so yes. <laughs> florida that sounds very florida man 
That's weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, it was uh, it was alligator. Just picked it up right off the street. Just went ahead and eat it. That's actually that's a that's a Thursday night meal here in Florida or in Florida. That's a Thursday yeah. night meal is eating alligator. That's um, disgusting. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it actually it, it tasted pretty good. It, it like does a, taste like chicken. A ch- I think. Yeah, chicken, rubbery texture, like a really yeah. lean chicken, like a chicken who's been working out for a long time. Um, well, anyway, this is a very special July Fourth week uh, show. We're all on location, so we're kind of recording this it's semi-live, really. I mean, we're going to be recording it, and then I'm going to be literally just putting it up, maybe making a few edits, but uh, yeah, so we're just literally recording and putting it up, so welcome to our July 4th <laughs> live show. Um, <laughs> uh, we do have a great show planned for everyone today. Um, a little later, we're going to be joined by Stephen Posey. You guys might remember Stephen. Uh, he was on the show about ooh, seven podcasts ago episodes um yeah episodes and he's back he we had an interview we had the rest of the interview that we didn't get to air and uh we're pretty excited to be airing that he had a lot um, of good things so to him. say he did he did uh steven is the content pastor over a series of message developments over at uh, church on the move in tulsa oklahoma and he's also the founder of mountain men which uh, he'll be talking about a little bit later um so coming up later is our interview with him next up though is quips Welcome to Quips. Each week we dive into headlines, articles, and conversations making their rounds on the internet, the ones that are important to us and we feel is impacting church, culture, or creators, and we discuss. Emily, what do you have for us this week? Okay, so of course I have a very deep question for both of you. Oh, of course. Of course. Uh, do either of you struggle with turning your brain off at night to go to sleep? Totally. I do sometimes. Yeah? Yes. How many hours of sleep do you guys get on average? Uh, I don't know if I can average. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say maybe like five or six okay yeah i would say mine yeah about five or six that's a good night's sleep is which i have an interesting thing about that recently but anyways i'll let you continue emily well i want to come back to your interesting thing because it sounds interesting (laughs) (laughs) but uh i usually try my hardest to get close to eight hours of sleep i'm one of those people that like if i don't have adequate adequate sleep i just can't function as well Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's always been a struggle though, because I really am more of a night person and I've yes. had to train myself to shift it, becoming more of a morning person and then getting tired late at night. But I still can struggle with that late night. Like how do I wind down, turn off you know, my brain, stop working on projects or deadlines. And this writer on, um, fast company actually wrote this article on how to best optimize your bedtime routine for 60 minutes, regardless of what your like rhythm is, whether you're a crazy, busy working parent, or you're a creative, or you're an athlete, like they have this routine that they swear by. Mm-hmm. So of course I had to read well, this. Um, this is to find this out. is this is interesting. I'm reading through this real quick. Just I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not going to share anything. I'll, I'll wait till you're done. But. I have tried this, and uh, I, I, a little bit of science on the Creative Church podcast this week. You know, we have a, a theory, and I've tested it, and therefore I'll give you my opinion, and we can yes. all take that as, as science. So go ahead and read the there steps, and I'll tell you guys okay. how, it, how it worked for me. So stage one is to use the first 20 minutes of a 60-minute routine mm-hmm. to wrap up anything that must get done before tomorrow, hmm. like the half okay. tos okay? The next 20 minutes are for your hygiene routine, you know, brushing your teeth, all that important stuff. It and takes me at least 40 minutes to get the hygiene routine down. <laughs> I, mean, I, I do a, an extensive routine for hygiene. 
well, that's good. You know. <laughs> Stage three is to use the last 20 minutes for some type of meditation or relaxation. So that's okay. the that's the phase. So, Nick, what was your experience with that? Okay. It did not work. Really? <laughs> it did not work. It no. did not work at all. I, no. I tried it for two weeks, and each I did the, exactly the steps. I cut my uh, hygiene routine in half and did the exact steps as they're listed here. And uh, it didn't work. Like I didn't feel rested. Like I felt yeah. wired. That's okay. So they have a couple categories of people types. Like one is athlete. Another one is busy traveler. That's athletes, not me. So okay. that was, that <laughs> would busy traveler be you or no. desk worker? Um, I would say multitasking parent, even though I'm not a parent. Okay. Well, creative church can be your kid. Creative, so. yeah, creative church is my <laughs> kid. Go. So multitasking parent for eight hundred. So and I get like those different categories of people don't describe mm -hmm. all of us, so it's not a perfect score. But they give a couple like examples of what those three stages would be, um, and what you could do within those stages. Like if you were, as Nick just said, a multitasking parent. Um, stage one, those first 20 minutes, you would do quick things to make your life easier in the morning, like make your kids lunches or put their shoes out or like get cereal bowls out and ready for the morning, walk mm. the dog, that kind of thing. So what would you define that for creative church if that was your kid? Uh, making sure the Instagram stories go live, uh, ensuring that someone scheduled the post. That's all my responsibility. Uh, making sure <laughs> someone, someone put up the podcast again. That's, that's my responsibility. And as Emily knows... I can't schedule out the podcast. <laughs> I, 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 I've tried several times, and for some reason, it keeps kicking me out and not scheduling for the day that I want it to release. So, wow. yeah, that's a little behind the scenes. A lot of people mm -hmm. don't know this, uh, but the Becoming Me podcast is always late because for some reason, it won't schedule. Like, it just will not stay in its schedule. So, it takes mm. that becoming word seriously and just like, <laughs> wants to make you always evolve with the podcast <laughs> or something. It does. It does. Yeah. It definitely does. So then stage two, the next 20 minutes, would be something like dimming the lights, including in the bathroom, if possible. Can you mm. dim the lights in your bathroom, Nick? Uh, no, but I, I oh. can um, use like a nightlight. Oh, Does okay. that count? Yeah, that okay. counts. Then they're saying like to use hot water, um, go slow through your routine, which if you're already cutting your routine like in half, yeah, in half know. because <laughs> of my beauty, my beauty techniques that I use to keep this, the keep this face on is intense. So okay, so yeah. stage two, I can't, might be I can't tell you guys what my secrets are. Um, <laughs> just have the mysteries, but with uh, beauty, yeah, with beauty tips like these, I, I can only say that I'm 78 years old and uh, <laughs> I look, I look fantastic. So that's all I can say about that. Um. Uh, moving on, stage three. <laughs> That's some secret power right there. <laughs> yeah, some secret power. Uh, stage three talks a lot about screens. And so, and I know, I feel like everybody preaches at you the screens and the lights you're looking at before you go to sleep. I personally haven't found a way to get around that because usually my last minute thing is double checking something on a screen. So I don't know. I mean, have you ever worn the blue blocking glasses they talk about? I have. Yeah. I do want to say, okay, this, the new stages that you just described, uh -huh. okay, um, they have worked for me. That uh, that was going to be my segue was going to be, I was going to tell you guys that there was another um, way that I've been doing it that, is, that has worked. And that was all that you just described there. I didn't know that no you way. had other stages in there. But yeah, it's hmm. uh, lowering those lights. Uh -huh. And uh, the... The important pivotal thing, though, is the no screens. You yeah. can't do the screens 20 minutes before bed or they, uh, I guess the receptors in our brains trigger 
to make us release um I, I'm gonna say adrenaline. I don't remember yeah, what I know there is science is. on that. It's yeah. something that keeps you awake that makes you think it's daytime kind of thing. Yeah, and I switched to reading before bed. Ooh. So instead of so instead of um and I read traditional books, not on screen. So um yeah, I switched to reading before bed and that's really, really good. Well been even what's even like a, a Kindle has really good if you can like lower the lights, you, oh, that's you know, true. it's it's like that that digital paper, so it's not harsh on the eyes at all. And and I learned I learned that the the um, like the Apple has the intuitive um, nighttime mode. I, I I don't think that works. I don't. I don't it's supposed to eliminate all the blue either. screen. I don't think it works though. Yeah, yeah. it hasn't worked know. for me. A conspiracy theory. Don't yeah. think it works. <laughs> I want to talk to you guys about something that is near and dear to all of our hearts. Um, a few weeks ago, as you both know, IHOP has temporarily changed their name to IHOB, I H O B. And, uh, of course, as we all now know, that the B stands for um, burgers. Woohoo! Uh, anyway, uh, there's an article in Adweek right now, of course, my Bible, uh, that they've <laughs> released uh, a few other companies that made a quick grab for the headlines by changing their name for nothing more than marketing capital. Um, so in, instead of the typical rundown that we do where I'd give you guys the names and tell you what companies did it, um, I'm actually going to give you the four companies that they listed, and I want you to guess who or what company that was now these are popular brands these aren't these aren't unknown brands you should you should know each of these brands um and the first one's pretty easy um so the first one is called pasta hut which company <laughs> do you think switched their name temporarily to pasta hut pizza hut P- yeah exactly pizza hut yeah Woo. yeah back in 2009 i believe um they swapped their name to pasta hut to try and tell people <laughs> that they That's had awesome. pasta yeah yeah um number two was america what popular brand swapped their name to America? <laughs> Budweiser. But yep, that one's more recent. 2016, um, Budweiser swapped their name to America. I didn't know that. You didn't know that. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember. I, I remember I'm, reading about that. I'm not a Budweiser drinker, so I, I didn't know it Me either. either. <laughs> I, I was I was shocked. Um, this third one though really shocked me. Um, <laughs> I okay. So the brand is called Quickster. Uh, and I'm going to spell it out for everybody. It's Q-W-I-K-S-T-E-R. Quickster. Someone uh, someone had their junior high nephew rename them? Yeah, <laughs> yes. And uh, I was absolutely stunned that this company did this. So uh, who, who just guesses real, real quick. Who thought? So they it's named a company it? that, that is based on speed of something. Of, yes. Of performing mm-hmm. a service, perhaps. Yep. Um. Very popular, uh, uberly popular. Not no, no ooh, uberly was not uh, uberly was not oh, the giveaway. Oh, uberly was not the giveaway. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm gonna say maybe a telecommunications company or telecommunications. a gas station. A gas station. Ooh, it wow. does make me think of Quick Trip. I I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Quick King. Uh, Quick Q-T oh, is yeah. a really good. One. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You're, you're, I don't know. I'm, be, I'm at a loss. You're gonna be surprised to know. It uh, was a uh, Netflix. What? Netflix oh, no. swapped their name to Quickster. No. For for a temporary period where they were advertising, I guess how fast their DVDs can come through the mail. Oh, that is so weird. I is, uh, is I that briefly not thought that, but then I was like, nah. Yeah, Netflix. Oh, you, you think you think to yourself, Netflix? They have, they have the uh, you know the the brand recognition. They don't need any of these gimmicks. And yeah. I was like, man, that's that's sad. Um, yeah. and fourth, the fourth is a little bit difficult, um, but, uh, you might be able to guess it because of the name. It's called Beyond Petroleum. <laughs> I mean, it makes me think of BP, British yeah. Petroleum. 
Yep, you're you're exactly Ooh, right. Yep, BP, yeah. <laughs> British Petroleum na- renamed their uh, their company to Beyond P- Petroleum for a temporary period. Um, but yeah, so those hmm. are the four. I thought that was I thought that was fascinating. I didn't know that so many so many companies enlisted that technique. Yeah, kind of um, kind of taking a left turn to get people's attention. Yeah, right. And, and they got the. And, and, I, I can't imagine that any of it worked. I just can't. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know the sales. I just can't imagine that any of it worked. But uh, we're we're super excited to be naming the podcast Oreo Podcast. Um, yes. This was a decision that was made recently, um, and uh, we're just doing it for the for the cash grab. Just that yeah. that sweet sweet Oreo yep. Oreo mm-hmm. money. So, yep, yep. Yeah. I got it. Cash money. Whoop. Now, um, I, I have quick. a question. Yes, go ahead. I have a question for the two of you. Oh, mm-hmm. goodness. Um, are you okay? Nick, I, I kind of talked to you about this before. Yes, we this, started I was about to say, this. Okay. what Ross is about to bring is not a typical quip. Like this is not a typical quip. It's not a typical quip. This is a discussion. This is a discussion. It is a discussion. This is a conversation. And uh, if you have any any input beyond your own personal experience, I'd love to hear that. But if you have anything beyond, please let me know. Mm -hmm. So I've been dealing with a lot of kind of spam followers that don't necessarily relate to me. Sometimes I'll follow a big brand or something that has quite a bit of notoriety. And then all of a sudden I'll be getting followers that, that have like... For some reason recently I've been getting these fitness ladies following me and I'm like oh, yeah. I don't know them. Yeah. I and I don't know what I followed that would make them think fitness cuz no. Um <laughs> but yeah, so I've been getting that. I get some stuff with um like church media stuff and and different ministry stuff. So I'm like, okay, I get that, but I, it's almost like I don't want these people as followers because to to be honest, I'm like I'm not going to be interacting with them a lot and it, but I also feel bad that I, I don't want to go and block them because they, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe they're just, you know, saw something that I liked or that I started following someone and they're just like, Hey, I'll, I'll follow this person. Cause they were interested in the same thing. I don't know, but I, I've been considering and, and I'm trying it for a little bit of time here of putting my Instagram account on private. Like I want, I still want to be able to connect with people, but I'm like, I'm getting tired of having to like weed out these people that I don't know that go through and like pictures of my family, that kind of stuff. I'm like, that's a little weirds me out a little bit when a brand is liking pictures of my family. I'm like, maybe I should just create a new account (laughs) and keep my personal one, maybe private and do a new one. Or I'm kind of struggling with that personal versus or that private versus public. What do do you guys, what are your opinions on that with Instagram? You want to go first, Nick? I'll go first. Um, you are an because, Instagram guru, so yeah. Oh, well, uh, I wouldn't call myself that. I would say that uh, I'm pretty familiar with Instagram. Um, I do consider that I do kind of have a public sort of persona. You know, I'm on a podcast, um, yeah. so of you know, I do have that kind of public. Same here. I, I get yeah, requests from the Creative duty. Talks, or well, it's not Creative Talks anymore. The Creative Church group on mm-hmm. Facebook, and, and as long as it's the names match up, I'm like totally fine. Yeah, you know, ha- engaging with them. Yeah, I think though I've been getting some spam followers on my personal profile. I would I, but I'm an instant. I know whenever someone's spamming me. Yeah. Um, do you block them? There's a difference. Yeah, I do. Okay. Because there's a difference between um, some a brand following you because they want your like or they want your your reinteraction. That's yeah. that's that's different. Like if a church follows me or um, if a creative ministry follows me, I know that that's a brand. They're trying to you know get my reaction back and forth or so on and so forth. Um, however, if it's like someone out of left field, like someone, I don't know, um, yeah, like, especially like this it's... fitness lady, that's like doing her own personal training. I'm like, I have no need to follow your account. 
Right. And most of those brands, those brand types, they are, they're spam and they're using bots to get, to get the attraction because there are apps that exist that allow you to, uh, follow a lot of people and, uh, get likes. Um, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, would never recommend using, yeah, Yeah. I would never recommend using those apps because they can shadow ban your account on Instagram, um, in which you would be, or excuse me, shadow, what is it? It's not shadow ban. It's, uh, like yeah, shadow ban. They they yeah, let you they turn like, off your sure that was right. Yeah. Yeah, they turn off your account. They just shut your account down. Um we actually had that happen to Creative Church once. Uh uh luckily we were able to rectify the situation. It was a mistake on Instagram's end there where they shut down the Instagram account thinking that we were we were spam, which oh, we, wow. we don't do spam tactics, so we don't use uh, unfollowers, yeah. or we don't we don't do any of that. So uh yeah. it's all natural. Um so uh those accounts like that, though, they they they, they do enlist those. So type, you have you have of, no uh, qualms with like just blocking and moving on. No, and actually, I recommend blocking and moving on because because then they get if reported Instagram, back to Instagram. If Instagram sees that you're being followed by a lot of bots, they will uh, effectively they will they will look into your account to see if they need to shut you down. So I if if I see it, I immediately shut it down. Okay, so how do you decipher between them being fake or being real? Because I understand what you're saying, but when I get a lot of like female athlete type people oh, yeah, yeah. or whatever who are following me, I don't think twice about it because I'm more of a, from a female brand standpoint, you know? Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, it doesn't mean I'm going to follow back always. Um, but I know what I'm communicating still can connect with them if they're a human, you know? So how yeah. do you just, how does one decipher if it's a real person and they're just going through and like how Ross mentioned earlier, they're just, following a bunch of people um or if it's like what you just said nick they're using other apps and systems to then follow a bunch of people uh i can usually tell whenever someone follows me and i instantly get three likes along with that follow gotcha i can usually tell that person okay. is just trying to get my follow back that um, yeah because i'll i'll see yeah. they'll like like six pictures in a row they'll just kind of yeah. like comb yeah. through my uh-huh or maybe it is a, a bot or an automated thing that they just go and like th- six photos back in my back catalog or something. And I'm like, yeah. nope, that's weird. And your account and that, is obviously for your that business. Makes sense. Right. And so, that's, that's a, that's a, a tactic that a lot of marketers and Instagram sphere, that's how they say you need to grow followers is by following somebody and liking a whole bunch of their photos. Um, and that's true. Yes. And no, because again, you start looking like spam. Right. Yes. Right. Um, I mean, with creative church, uh, inside, you know, trade secrets, we follow people, um, but we only follow people based on, uh, people we already know. Yeah. So, you know, people we know in the sphere, people we know working in uh, the creative field, we'll give them a follow. And if they have something on their profile that we like, we'll actually like it, but we don't just like things to like things. Right. Yeah. Um, the Same only the only becoming. exception is like a is like a like a hashtag. We might we might like a hashtag just because yeah. they use our hashtag. But yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I was just kind of wondering because I'm like, yeah, do I, do I create? Because I've always used it for personal, and I'm like, maybe maybe as I want to start doing more things, um, you know, kind of think about my social media presence. You know, do I create maybe a new account that's that's a little more businessy, um, and then keep a personal account for my family and stuff or do i just mix the two I, you know i'm that's what kind of the questions i'm asking right now so i think for me that's one of the you know things i've thought about too is over the years is whether i need to swap to a you know a public profile and have a private profile but for me it's 
you don't want to do that too early. You don't want because then you start looking kind of cocky, like, hey, you know. No, yeah, I'm exactly. Because it could be like, this, oh, gotta... I'm a big deal now. Yeah. Like, I definitely don't want to come across that way. Yeah, but it, it, I think it depends. Like, um, like I only use myself for personal. If people follow me on on my personal account, they're going to be uberly disappointed. <laughs> um, <laughs> but and, that, and that's kind of the realism of Creative Church, though, is. You know, that's not somebody that's a guru running it. It's just somebody who appreciated the church and mm-hmm. wanted to do something to serve other creators and help them connect and, you know, present conversations that, that mattered. And so that's that's kind of the beauty about what we do. But, yeah, I would just I'd keep it public for now. And uh, as it grows, I would just see, you know, where you're at, what you yeah. want to do. OK. Yeah, because yeah, I, mean, I want to clarify one thing you said. I don't know if you misspoke, but you said. If you are reporting people as bots, it makes Instagram look into your account because no, you're, yeah. they m- might think you're a bot. No, sorry, sorry. Let me clarify that. Uh, okay. If you are, if you are getting followed by a lot of bots, mm-hmm. uh, and you Instagram, don't do anything about it, yeah, Instagram might see you as a dead account, gotcha. or they might see you as somebody who is who is. Uh, uh, I think it's like a follow hub is what they call. Oh, them. I got you. They're so, just using it for numbers. Yeah, using the account for numbers. Okay. So, so no, so, so in essence, I, you know, I mean, it, it can be up to my discernment of like, mm-hmm. right. if, if I want to block them and just be like, look, I'm not interested in following you back. I don't like that. You've liked all of these photos yeah. right? because they don't know if I blocked them or not. They just won't see my stuff. Right. Right. And so, yep. yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Cause it I, is, cause me being the, living. being the one, want to please everybody kind of guy, <laughs> you know, I feel bad. Like, I'm going to go block this person. Maybe they're really trying to start their business. But then I'm like, I don't really want what they're selling. Wait, have we talked about what number you are on the Enneagram yet? I haven't ever done anything Enneagram, so. Take the test so we can talk about it. I don't know. Me, I'm the commander. Is that what it's called? Was the eight? I don't remember. Oh, Nine. Yeah. I can't You're remember. The ch- the, an eight is the challenger. The challenger, not yeah. the commander. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. that's a completely different series. So you're you're um, an eight. Yeah, so like whenever I see stuff like that, I just... I mean, even on Creative Church, even though I know people would follow Creative Church because, you know, for whatever, if I see them using the tactics that might look suspicious, I just immediately boop, block. <laughs> Especially yeah. if I get a message from them. If I get a message from them like, oh, and it's nothing about Creative Church, it's all about their business. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's time to shut this relationship down. It's not not going anywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah, I've even had like little random watch brands try to follow me. I, I would I would pick those guys up just, you know. Ask them to send you a watch. Yeah. Hey, to do. hey, I'll review your watch for yeah, you. Yeah, I'll review your watch for <laughs> This is a big building, business building opportunity. Exactly. I'll review your watch for you. I think it, I like, though, what you did bring up as well, Ross, on the balance between personal and then, like, professional or what you want to put out there. And I think as so much social media continues to evolve, we're going to keep seeing that just conversation in the middle of it. Because for a while, I think we've been sharing everything all the time. And now I personally have just felt like, oh, I don't want everybody to know every little thing about my personal world anymore. And when then you do get to that point where you're hosting podcasts, you're speaking at events, you're traveling, whatever you're doing. And then a lot of people do feel like they know you. Sometimes some of the more personal stuff I find I'm not sharing as much. Um, Not like personal things I'm learning or personal things that are relevant to a becoming me standpoint. But like, oh, I'm eating at the school restaurant. Like, I don't know that I feel the need to share stuff like that anymore. Yeah. Um, just because I want some stuff to be for me and the people that are yeah. with me. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's some things where I'm like, especially with the advent of 
IGTV and stuff. I'm like, not saying I'm going to start creating content for that right off. But, you know, there's some things where I'm like, man, you know what? There's maybe some thoughts I have or I'm writing down that I'm like, man, I'd really love to share that just to encourage somebody. You yeah. Know, and that yeah. kind of thing. So I don't know. Just kind of a lot of things going through my head of like using it more for um, like maybe encouraging people that are starting to following me as as I am getting into the world of podcasting and creative church and all that. And I have a lot of the people that are in the group starting to follow me or people that I recognize from interactions on, uh, elsewhere online. I'm like, oh, you know, the, these names are familiar and yeah. I'll give them a follow back. And, you know, I, I do want to provide value if they're following me. I want to feel like they're getting a follow's worth, I guess. <laughs> but at the same time, not putting so much stock into social media that it drives everything I do. I mean, I feel I feel your pain there, Emily, with sharing personal stuff. I know over the past two years, it seems like I've been doing less and less things where I would share uh, especially opinions I have on certain issues mm-hmm. um, where I, I check myself before I just go and share them. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's you don't want to have people have negative interactions with you. And because you represent the brand, you don't want people to be shut off by the brand that does right. so much bigger. So it's kind of, it's a catch 22 because you gotta, you gotta figure out where that balance is. And uh, that's, that's one of the reasons why I always advocate and I, no, not dissing anyone. I just always advocate that you don't make yourself a brand. Yeah. Because you just, yeah. it's too hard. It's too hard to separate those two. And I know people have recognition because of the brands that they're associated with, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's, right. it's, it, you gotta, you gotta let your personals be your personals. Does that For make sure. sense? That makes perfect yeah. sense. And I'm just kind of using the framework now of like, what's the point of this post or like mm-hmm. what I want to write or put out there? Like, is it to help somebody? Then awesome. But like, yeah. it's just to be like, oh, look how like awesome I am because I'm at this thing. Your highlight reel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I'm kind of like, meh, what's the point? Yeah. So I don't know. It's an interesting like conversation to see unpacking for sure. Yeah. Totally. Cool. Well, we're, we're going to jump right into the featured interview this week. I'm not even going to let it, no music break, no nothing. Um, uh, this week's featured interview is with Stephen Posey. Stephen is in his 18th year of marriage uh, to his beautiful wife, Ruth, and they have three amazing young children. Uh, he is part of Church on the Move. He's been part of Church on the Move for over 20 years and uh, has been on staff for 16 of those years, now serving as a content pastor. Uh, Stephen leads series and message development for weekend services and content development for discipleship resources alongside his buddies, Brian Job and Lee Martin. Stephen is one of the co-founders of Mountain Men, a ministry with a mission to help men become better men through challenging mountain adventures with a small group focus. Here's part of our conversation with Stephen Posey. How have you seen some of the best ways to build trust with with people that, you know, you probably feel some responsibility for the people that are coming to the church. You know, how do you feel you built that trust well with them? Well, um, there, man, there are a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of little things that you can do to build trust, um, both with you know the people that work alongside you, the people that work for you, and with leadership. But I think the biggest thing is humility. Um, if you're humble and you're hungry, uh, and you're you're on mission uh, to you know to help the church accomplish what the church wants to accomplish, then uh, then I mean a lot of a lot of trust is earned just with with that posture. And being open-handed, part, part of that humility is just saying, hey, I, I'm not in this position because I have everything figured out. I'm not in this position because I have a lot of experience, life experience, church world experience. I'm, I'm in this position because I'm, 
because I'm willing to to step in and serve in this way. And I see this as a way to, to serve the church. And so, um, to, to, to kind of release any kind of idea, whether it's just with yourself or with other people that the position that you have is something that you're fighting for, uh, you know, selfishly. Um, and, and, uh, and so, you know, so, so when you're, when you're asking people to, to, to make a change or, or to, to step out creatively or to cut something off creatively or to change positions or, or whatever the, whatever the case may be, you're doing it with humility and you're, you're, you're just, you're rather than face to face, I'm, I'm shoulder to shoulder with you and you were coming alongside and just say, Hey, we're pursuing these things together and whatever that, whatever that, whatever is best for the mission is, is ultimately the best thing for, for mm-hmm. us as individuals. And that's a hard thing to swallow when that means stepping off a team or, um, or you don't get the spotlight or, or whatever, whatever kinds of things that, uh, are connected with, uh, you know, the, the creative changes that you're making. Yeah. Yeah. What was, um, what's been one of the most challenging aspects through, through your time at church on the move? Well, um, man, there've been one of the most challenging things for my time at church. That's a good question. Uh, I, I think what I just talked about learning, (laughs) you got to learn the hard way, uh, that, uh, that it's not about you. Okay. Um, so, so I'll say it this way, you know, I I mentioned earlier that I grew up in rural South Georgia. I didn't come into the ministry, um, for selfish reasons, mm-hmm. the there came a point, just being totally candid, where the this uh, this carrot almost this carrot of success was was dangled out in front of me, and um, you know there's a there's a psalm Psalm one nineteen, uh, I believe thirty six says, incline my heart toward you and not toward selfish gain. And so, so there's a, I think that's a hard lesson for any creative, anybody working in ministry. Um, and that is that, uh, man, we, we have a tendency to, to turn a success. Uh, we, we take our, both our successes and our failures too seriously. Hmm. And, um, and, and so I, man, I had to learn that and, um, made some, made some stupid decisions as a, uh, as a young man that, uh, that ended up hurting me and hurting, you know, people around me. And, and, uh, and it was all connected to this, this idea that, um, that my success, uh, was, was connected to the approval of, of people. And, uh, and so, um, what, uh, you know, just, just recently, um, I transitioned out of our communications team and, this was a team that, uh, and we didn't have a communications team yeah. two and a half years ago. And so they asked me to step in to do this role. And I, I just, uh, you know, I had obviously had a little bit of that background, but it didn't know what we were uncovering. And so I had to ask for a season of grace from, um, our, our design team, our weekend experience team, all the ministries of the church. Um, you know, everybody wants their thing to be the thing that's promoted and promoted well. And, um, everybody wants, uh, you know, their, 
their projects to be done on time and and uh, and and under budget. Well, and, and all you those were things. dealing with the passing on the torch from Willie to Wit at the same time as well. That's exactly that's exactly it. And that so, wasn't an easy time to come on as a com director for, and create for, a whole new department. Totally. Well, and 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 honestly, it in, in some ways you're exactly right. That it it w- there were certainly difficulties connected to that because we were all still we we're all kind of figuring this thing out but yeah. but also there was a grace connected with it because we all knew hey we we don't know where this thing is going and we're going to do the best we can with the information we have and um out of that out of that uh you know me working directly with wit on um on on hearing his heart and the mission of church on the move and and seeing some of that stuff develop had, it man, it it was good for the whole church, and it certainly was good for me. Hmm. Um, our mission, our mission, is to introduce people to the real Jesus, and that is a you know in Tulsa specifically, and I, I'm sure this is true other places, but we really see this in Tulsa where, and there are a lot of people that know about Jesus. Mm-hmm. If Jesus had a Facebook page, they'd like it, <laughs> uh, but they don't really. You know, you, you just wonder, and by the fruit of it, you just you see, do they do they really have a relationship with Jesus? I mean, mm. would they, do they really know Jesus? And you know, they there are a lot of people that that would that would fit into that category that that uh, they know about church, they know they know scriptures, they just you know they're they're far from, but they're far from God, um, and it, like. Uh, you know, like like Jesus said, your your uh, my name is on your lips, but your heart is far from me. To the Pharisees, mm-hmm. um, my word is on your lips, but your heart is far from me. And 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 so there are a lot of people like that. And so so we have so the challenge has been how do you how do you connect with people? Yeah. How do you communicate in such a way that uh, that begs the question? What if more is possible? You know, you and, and uh, so there are a lot of people that are disenfranchised with church, and a lot of people that are that don't believe that, uh, that the church is relevant anymore. And so we're, we're not necessarily fighting those battles. What we're trying to say is if you, if you lift up the name of Jesus and you magnify who he is and what you do creatively or otherwise, that he'll draw people to you. So that was honestly, just getting to that point was a, was a long process. I wasn't mm-hmm. a part of all of that, but I did get to benefit from it. A very clear mission. And, uh, so we just handed that off to our our new communications director, and she's she's awesome. She's a twenty three year old young lady who just has, is just doing an amazing job um, making our communications clear, compelling, and consistent. And uh, that's awesome. So, what do you think was maybe one of the most important things you did in in you know having raised up this person to the to the position you were, um, like what was one of the most important things that you did in that, uh, relationship of having picked this gal out to know that she was going to come into this position or had the, at least the potential for it, um, and then building her to it so that you could move on to your next stage. Great question. Uh, you know, some of these things, you find out accidentally <laughs> and, and some of these things there, there's obviously intention with, I just tried to keep her as close to the heart of, of the vision as, as we, as I could. Um, anytime there were things that were 
connect it to the vision that we're coming through the content of the messages or um, anything that I would hear from our, our directional team lead, um, our executive uh, our executive pastor of, of, of what we call our experience team. I, I just try to keep her as close to that as possible. And there, honestly, there was, there was very little I wouldn't share as far as direction and where we're going and mm. looking down the road. Um, yeah. Just, just tried to get, let her feel the weight of that position as early as, as oh, she could. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there's a lot of why connected to that. So, so it's, it's easy to just say, do this just cause I said, so, you know, yeah. or just, you know, just, mm-hmm. and it's, it's maybe seems more efficient that way. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a little messy just to say, Hey, what do you think about this? Here's where we think we're going. You not, not only do I want you to know, I want you to speak to it. Hmm. I want you to use your, uh, you know, your gifts and yeah. tell us what, what are we missing here? Yeah. Letting her know she had a seat at the table. Exactly. That's exactly it. And, uh, and, and so, uh, some of that, like I said, happened, um, just organically and some, some of it was very intentional. Um, but one of the biggest things was just, man, wait until you get the right person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I had the job, I was communications director for, 18 months before we had any other team members. And, uh, <laughs> I was very frustrated over time <laughs> in, in part of that season. Cause we, I mean, we had the full org chart ready to go job descriptions, um, you know, volunteer job descriptions, the, the whole thing. But, uh, I was at full capacity and, and was tempted to pull the trigger on a, you know, a couple of other great, great people, but it just wasn't the right fit. And so, yeah. Um, waiting for that right person is a, I mean, it is, it's always, always worth it. In your context, in the situation you were in, kind of what, what stuck out to you? And, and you can even say what maybe didn't stick out if you're willing to share that of, you know, how you knew either someone wasn't it or when um, this lady came along that she was it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there are, there are obviously the three C's, competency, chemistry, and character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, so, so loosely you look at those things. Um, uh, but, uh, you, you really in, in the world of communications, you, you want somebody who loves communications. I know that sounds simple. Uh, we, we had several people who were maybe overqualified that, uh, that wouldn't be as hungry. We just wondered, would, will you be as hungry as we need you huh. to? Yeah. Um, you can do the job. Yeah. But, but, uh, you know, are you, are you humble and hungry? And, and then, uh, you know, then, then we had other people that, you know, maybe saw this as a stepping stone to something else. They, mm. they just wanted to work at church on the move or they just, um, looked good know, on the resume. It looked good on the resume <laughs> or, or they, they really wanted to be a designer or they really would wish we would hire them full time as a photographer, but, but I'll do this. I'll do this, this job for now, you know? And, yeah. um, and so finding somebody who had a, a passion, 10 out of 10 passion for this, this particular job was, was crucial. And, and honestly, yeah. we look at some of that same, some of that same criteria where we're looking at uh, go team members or, or what oh, we yeah. call our volunteers. Yeah. Was there any specific questions or moments that, that you, that stick out to you as far as using that as a divining rod of, yes, you are going this direction. I know you're all in for what this is. Well, I had to, um, 
you know, as, as far as who took the position after me, it wasn't up to me. Um, my, my job was just to train the very best I could and, uh, to, to empower the very best I could and just to kind of get out of the way and let her, let her do her job. Um, and let, let her, her work speak for, for itself. And, and that's ended that, that is what ended up happening. Um, but, uh, but, you know, as, as far as, um, as far as that transition, so so now I'm in a new role that was created based on you know based on my particular um, giftings, I guess uh, you would say it that way. <laughs> uh, it's it's I'm the content pastor, so I help with message development, series development, and then content support for yeah, all that. The, writer side came right on full it circle. Came back in, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Obviously, that that worked really well. The writing background works really well for for communications and copywriting and that sort of thing. But uh, I even gave that up as well. Our uh, Lindsay, okay. our new communications director, is, is a phenomenal writer as well. And so I just I let her take the reins. And uh, so so as as part of that transition, one thing I wanted to mention is um, with every transition, there is a. This is something I'm just learning. With every transition, good or bad, there is a sense of loss um, mm. once you go through it. So there's there's the sense of loss from the team you're leaving. Um, you know, t- two of the six types of major types of loss are are happening in a transition. So one would be a role loss, even even if you're taking a if you're getting a promotion, even if you're moving to something good that you want to, you're losing something that that once meant something to you and had you had some identity with connected with um but then you're 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 also uh losing um a routine and uh it you know i I think whether you're in a creative position or a leadership position of any kind it's important I'm, i'm learning to to honor that season of loss and 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 by that i mean Look at it squarely, understand it, and then obviously move on. I think, I think, um, you know, men are particularly bad about just get over it and move on. Kind mm-hmm. of an a, an attitude towards anything like that. It's it's not a big deal. I don't know why it's bothering me, but it shouldn't be. And just you kind of just tend to just uh, suppress it or or banish those feelings or whatever those those. Uh, those thoughts and um, and it's it's been really good for me just to say hey this is this is something worth talking about and uh, and so uh, on both ends and so once I moved out of communications into to this new role I realized a dramatic shift in pace and if you're if you're a whether you're a designer or whether you work in video a writer um, any kind of creative work where there's deadlines, honestly, even you guys with the recording of these podcasts, there's a rhythm to it. And there's, there's a, uh, that's very healthy and very good for you. Um, but then once you get on the other side of that, so, so, you know, years from now, when, um, this podcast has hit a million listeners or whatever, you know, (laughs) uh, and, and you, you retire it, uh, then, then there's a, then there's going to be a sense of loss. And so, um, so, so walking through that with your, with your head up and knowing, Hey, uh, this happens to everybody. This is a, this is a natural thing, even if it's a, a good thing on the other side. Um, 
take the time to honor your limitations. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, t- I tend to want to, uh, just work myself back into a, a new groove. And instead, yeah. you know, you need to go the other direction and, and learn to Sabbath well. And, and, uh, and so that's, that's a little bit of the, the lesson I'm, I'm learning now, just in, just in the terms of a transition from one role to the, to the next. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So now, now as you're in the content pastor role, it sounds like a pretty unique, um, setup you have there. Like you said, you use go team volunteers mm-hmm. to, to help produce content for a variety of outlets within church on the move. Can you tell me what that's like? Yes. Yeah, this is this is my new passion, and I'm <laughs> I'm so excited about this. I, I I'm blown away that this is my full time job. But uh, about a year ago, I started uh, being a part of a team that helped Wit with message development. Now, Wit's very different than his dad um, in this. His dad is a I mean, his dad knows what he's going to say, and he's and he doesn't necessarily need any input. Wit Wit because of his creative background looks at it like a designer. Um, he was a graphic designer at one point. And you start with a vague idea of what you want to talk about, just like you start with a vague idea of what you want to create uh, and design. And But it, it, it can take multiple different shapes, and it only gets better with, with input. It only gets better with feedback. And... Um, Maybe that's not, maybe that's not, maybe that is unique to designers. Uh, I mean, in the design world, maybe I don't, I don't really know a ton about that, but, uh, but I do know that Wit has been very open to say, Hey, I don't trust my ideas. And I don't, <laughs> you know, his biggest fear is being the emperor with no clothes, standing uh, up and, yeah. and talking about something that everyone's just like, you're an idiot. That, that's his, that's his biggest fear. Obviously that's never going to happen. Uh, but he, he ensures that it's not going to happen because he is so open to feedback. And, uh, and, and the way he says it is, you know, you, you know, content team, you know what we should talk about more than I do. And man, that's unique that, I mean, I, um, you know, I've been around a lot of pastors and, 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 and you just think about like this. Willie George was and is a legend <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and, and you just kind of put yourself in wit shoes. What would it be like to take over for a legend and he's your dad yeah. and your, and your gifts, your gift sets are, are just, couldn't be more different. What would be the temptation? Well, the temptation would be to, to, to say, I'll show you world. Yeah. Watch me do this and I'll do it better. And instead, he said, "I can't do this. I need your I need your help." So, um, over the course of the last year, we've we've refined what that team looks like. Now it's just two of us that sit down with him on a weekly basis for message prep. And so, um, but before we get to that meeting, long before we get to that meeting, there's about a 16 week process that leads up to that meeting, which happens in his house in his office. You get a different. Um, you know, if, if there are any pastors listening, consider that, consider having meetings at your house. You, we've noticed there's a different, we get a different wit at the house than we do Hmm. here at the office. There's leader wit at the office (laughs) and, um, we get, you know, pajamas wit (laughs) at his house and it's awesome. And he just, uh, and, and so many, I mean, so many more better ideas come in that, 
in that comfortable context. But before we get there, our process for developing content starts about 16 weeks out, and that's for the benefit of our creative team or our experience team. Um, they, you know, none of us trust our ideas on the front end. They ha- we we want to stand on a bedrock of vetted, well thought through ideas before they hit that stage or they hit that screen. Okay. And um, whether that's whether that's uh, you know music or uh, or message content, that's that's kind of our process. So sixteen weeks out, we start talking about what what series is this? Um, what's the name of the series? What's the heart of the series? And, you know, Wits at this point, Wit knows enough to know just, we need to go just deep enough to know, is there a message here um, around this topic? And then we'll kind of lock in that topic over the course of four weeks. So 12 weeks in, we lock in a series and we have a, uh, you know, a series brief that we write for the creative team. Then they take it and they go create. And so they'll take it and they'll go talk to uh, our story team and see, hey, what what stories are there? Go see if you can find and vet stories that are connected to uh, this this particular content. Is there anything that fits in any of these topics on these weeks? And you know, sometimes that that will end up being a, a story that they record, uh, or they'll do live stories. Um, <clears throat> or some of the stories will work themselves into illustrations within the message. And, and then from, from that point, honestly, we don't think about it on the content side until the series happens. And once the series gets here, the you know, two weeks ahead, we, we, we kind of open up that topic again and we begin to talk about it in our content meeting at Wit's house. And, but, but before then, our content go team offline has been reading books, um, has been consuming culture, um, uh, uh, has been, you know whether that's movies or music or or whatever the case may be, looking for looking for sparks, looking for things yeah. that that will uh, inspire an idea or that will honestly will will connect everyone in the room to a particular topic. Yeah, how can we quickly get there? And the way Wit says it is. What's the fastest way that I can get to the most meaningful content? Mm. Um, and so, so sometimes that's you know a pop culture reference of some kind. This this weekend, I think he's talking about a uh, he's talking about Finding Nemo, and you know it's it's not the so in other words, it doesn't even have to be like the 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 coolest, but you just think what is the broadest um, for this particular yeah. idea? So the, yeah. the whole message is not surrounded surrounding Finding Nemo. But just one point or one subpoint is illustrated well by the relationship uh, between Nemo and his dad. So these teams just kind of have this wealth of knowledge that they accumulatively <laughs> come up with. And so you can just draw from this pool of they might tag it. Hey, this would be great if you're talking about giftings or yes. hard times or, you know, different things that he might talk about potentially. And so you can just kind of pull out of that. Totally. So, so we have, we use Basecamp, okay. um, Basecamp 3, and all of our, all of our projects, we, we create a, a, a project for every series, and then we have a Basecamp that's just called uh, Series Ideas Unhinged. And so that's just kind of a place to brain dump and just say, hey, this okay. would be great for a future series. Yeah. Um, this would be a great illustration for, 
or this thing or that. And, um, and so, and then that's also connected to this, this same concept as working for other, uh, other discipleship develop, uh, content development, like, you know, we're currently writing a, a small group curriculum. And so we just use that same process. So our content go team members, some people love to read, um, fiction. Some people love to love to watch the news, so, you know, just what, whatever the case may be. We're not necessarily looking for, you know, this, this fully robust, uh, you know, uh, perspective, but, but we are looking for, uh, personal perspectives. Okay. So what Wit says is I, I want to know what means something to you personally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rather than, Hey, th- I read this book and this is, this is a neat little passage here. Well, no, what read the book and then tell me wh- what meant the most to you. And then, then the, the learnings kind of come from there. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of goes back to that building trust. Cause yeah, I think the most memorable things that I, I have is when there's that common ground or they're speaking to something that, you know, again, is, is kind of in the lexicon of current culture. You're bound to hone in on those ideas and those thoughts. That's exactly right. I, I, I love that. The, the lexicon of, of current culture. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly what we're looking for is common ground. We want that me too moment at some point in the message. Um, and, and hopefully in multiple points in the message yeah. to where you're building this tension and you're not thinking about someone sitting next to you or, or you're not thinking about, you know, someone else. We, we want you to be thinking about yourself uh, throughout that message so hmm. that when the gospel moment happens, it happens in their hearts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we present the real Jesus to them. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what's next? For you, as you're getting more into this content, Pastor, or even just Church on the Move as a whole, what's next? It's really good. Um, you know, with uh, with content specifically, our goal is, like I said, is is just to provide perspective. That's the that's the primary goal. It, we are we are serving a purpose. I'm a part of a ministry called uh, that that uh, a couple of buddies and I started a few years ago. It's just called Mountain Men. And we take men on journeys. It's a spiritual journey. We climb a 14,000-foot mountain every summer. This year, we're taking about 100 guys um, over the course of— I live know, in Colorado. I'm surrounded by them. Wow. <laughs> exactly. So so you're familiar with the Sangre de Cristo range. We go to Crestone and Humboldt every year. Okay. And uh, and so so our, our goal, what, what we say with that, you know, every man wants to take ground in some area. Hmm. The, the, the mountain— provides just a, a very useful tool to help them do that. And so the, the mountain is just the excuse. And so the way we look at volunteers and the way we look at our go team members is not just, Hey, you've got something useful. We look at them as the, the, this, this useful thing that they have as an opportunity to build relationships hmm. and to, to disciple. So I want to know you I want to know your kids' names. I want to know what's going on in your life. I want to pray for you, and I want to help you take your next step spiritually, whatever mm. that may be. And that that is what's next, not only in my go team, uh, my go teams, but that's that's what's next with Church on the Move as a whole. We're really focusing on uh, making sure that that's happening in every go team, in every small group, and on every mission trip, on every team, on our staff. Do you know the names of the people 
Do you have consistent touch points where you're able to, to find out what's really going on in their life? And are you praying for them? And then are you helping them take their next step spiritually? So, so in that way, um, it, again, it doesn't matter who, what you do on the team, you're on the yeah. team. And so, uh, you know, we have a, a young communicator who works in our kids ministry. Um, he's actually on staff, but he's a part of his serve is on our go team on our content go team. And he speaks fluent Hebrew. Oh, and wow. so we were doing a message on Psalm 51 and I just said, Hey, would you just read this in Hebrew and just tell me what stands out to you? Well, it so happened. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like stepping up, uh, stepping up to the plate, pinch hitting, you know, bottom, bottom of the ninth, hitting a grand slam. I mean, he just knocked it out of the park. Well, number one, we see, okay, this guy's got some talent. We want to be able to tap into that. But more than anything, I, my, my first thing, the first thing I think about is what's going to happen the next time he posts something on base camp and gets no reaction. Oh, <laughs> and, and so here, so there's a, there's a, a Tim Keller saying the praise of the praiseworthy is above all rewards. It's talking about Jesus, Jesus give you know, you finding your, your, your hope in Jesus, you're finding your identity in Jesus. But in, in any context where the leader, we have so much accessibility to the leader, wit praised him deep, you know, just like gushed over this guy, over his co- little comment on base camp, man, I'm sure it just like, you can imagine what that did for, for this kid. Yeah. And, and so, so my job then is to come alongside and just say, Hey, how are you doing on these, these next few things? And just keep an eye on these things and just say, Hey, how can we help you stay close, stay connected and, and don't be, don't get intoxicated by the success or failure of, of what you, what your contribution is. Know that you're on a team and know that, that this, this team is just the excuse. What we're doing is just the excuse to grow spiritually together and to, to, to know and love Jesus more. Yeah. Yeah. You've mentioned obviously that just the, curating the relationships that are so important in a ministry because you truly do see it as family. Um, you've also mentioned kind of holding things open-handedly and, you know, letting, letting other people have input that, that, uh, you know, you can trust. Are there any other kind of things that the lead team at church on the move has done that you're very proud of is kind of in the value system of how you operate? Man, there's there's so much we have uh, we over the last couple of years we have really the, the team dynamic has been the, the biggest thing uh, okay the, it starts with our directional leadership team they uh, everybody on that team is not there just representing their their division or their area they're there on a team and and they're the the whole team is working on one thing together at a time hmm. and so so the you know, directional leadership uh, or the, you know, the executive pastor over operations is in tune with what's happening um, with, with the multi-site director and the multi-site director is connected with what's happening in family ministries and family ministries is connected with what's happening in discipleship. And so they're, they're all for one another. And so de-siloing uh, what happens on a, mm. on a big scale yeah. has been, has been a big deal. Um, and, you know, I, I think about that in a, uh, you know, I came from a, a small church background and I think about, well, what does, what does that mean? You know, in a church of 200, 
um, all it really means is um, one of the things we talked about earlier, and it is to be humble and hungry and just to say, hey, um, this is not about uh, individuals. This is about a team, and individuals are better. Uh, you know, the, the mission is, 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 uh, is, what's, uh, is what's up front, but at the same time, um, what we hold in tension with that is that the mission is, you know, excellence is never more important than the people. That's it, man. That is a, that has been a huge, huge shift for us because anytime the excellence takes the lead too much, the pendulum swings too much in that direction, the collateral damage and the unintentional consequences is, um, are, are in the health of the people that, that are having to pull it off. Yeah. And, uh, and so, so, so making those two things, keeping those, but, but at the same time, if you, if the health of the people is the only thing that you're focused on, then, you know, the health of the people that you work with and, you know, I don't, I don't want to do anything to put you out. If that, if that's too much, if that's too strong, then you're not, then you're not fulfilling the great commission and you're, you're not doing the best with what you can, with what God's put in your hand hmm. to do. And so, um, we've had to be comfortable with that tension and, and, you know, in our context, excellence has been such a, such a huge part of our, our, you know, the, the warp and the woof of who we are <laughs> that we've had to, we've had to, to move back towards, um, health. Yeah. And to that end, we've made major decisions, um, to where, you know, we've known, okay, Christmas and Easter, we're not doing the big things that we used to do anymore. Um. And, and not only is it better for our people, uh, it's better for the church. It's better for first-time guests to, to think, you know, if I come at Christmas and Easter, I know I'm going to get a, an amazing wow show. But uh, So I'll only come to Christmas, Easter, Easter, Mother's Day, and Father's Day because that's, that's when the big events are happening. And so mm-hmm. you kind of unintentionally create this, um, this excuse for people to not come every weekend. And Interesting. So, um, it, and, and that's, I'm not saying that's the right thing for everybody, but, but yeah. for us, we wanted to move back in that direction to say, Hey, when you come to Easter, it's, it's, it's basically a heightened version, um, of what we do every weekend. And when you come back next weekend, it's not going to be all that different. Yeah. And so that's, that's a very, uh, this is a very concrete example, but, but just that one thing has released the tension around all of our teams that we are. It's the it's the slow drip kind of a thing. To find out more about Stephen, visit the podcast episode page on our website at creativechurch.com. That's crtvchurch.com. Welcome to Reply All. Each week we give you the chance to answer online in our Creative Church group on Instagram or on Instagram. Um, last week we asked, what is your number one rule for living? So we had Jonathan Malm kind of take it literally <laughs> and replied to all, yeah. to everybody's <laughs> thing. So thanks, Everyone. Jonathan, for... Yes. Just being real literal there. He's getting ready to release a new book. He's this is his native marketing. This is what he's yes. doing right here. Oh, yeah. I see. Saturation. Yeah. Saturation. Okay. Totally get it then. Um, okay. Carry on, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, Brendan said, "Don't die." That's, that's I mean, that's solid advice, advice right there. Yeah. And, and when you become a parent, it's um, don't let the kids die. Yeah, <laughs> because they can get into some very hairy situations. And that makes as, sense. as Drew says, live or die trying. So, mm. yeah. Thank you, Drew, for See what he did that. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I also like what Abby said, do it afraid. And now now Ryan Weaver, she put one, and I like this a lot. This is good advice for planes and for life. Uh, put your own oxygen mask on before assisting mm-hmm. others. I think, honestly, I think if Jesus were on the earth today and um, he was he was preaching the, the you know, the, the splinter in your own eye message, he'd use that. He'd use that illustration. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I like Rob Car- uh, Rob. Clark's um, Ron Swanson meme, but I cannot uh, say the actual <laughs> I think words on the podcast. But uh, huh? I think we can. You can? Okay. Uh, for journalistic I, diligence. For journalistic diligence, I've always liked this quote ever since I saw that episode of Parks and Rec where Ron Swanson says, in all of his wisdom, "Never half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing." <laughs> I feel like I'm going to use that with my kids in the future. So Emily, cover your ears. Oh, goodness. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That was too late. <laughs> oh, that was too late. That was too late. Was too sorry. Late, too late. Too late. Oh, man. Oh, the big Delayed. brothers. I never had. She's so offended now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, this, <laughs> those are some great answers. If you want to join in on that conversation, you can just head over to our Grape Church group and uh, search Chris Pratt, and it just pops right up. Um, this week, we wanted to ask, what is your best fireworks story? Now, is everyone? I'm assuming everyone here has shot their own fireworks at some point in their life. Grew up doing it, and I'm going to do yep. it in a couple days. Me too. Me too. That's why I'm in Tennessee. I'm in here. I'm, I've come all this way to shoot fireworks in a field so yeah emily did you did you ever do that growing up is that something I mean, that your family like, did i watched other people do that <laughs> you cared about safety yeah you cared about safety i'm a one on the enneagram uh, oh yes a perfectionist reformer but i'm not like a big firework person i don't know yeah i'm just like eh, they're okay but i'm not like i'm not in love with them i don't know i'm weird i do like Katy perry's version of firework that song is just great for me but the real stuff i don't know emily you've got to have a roman candle face off at some point in your life okay do you know what that is no it's you are literally (laughs) holding a roman candle and your friend is holding a roman candle you light it at the same time and point them at each other so why would i have to do that why (laughs) that's that's do it afraid. Do. do it afraid. <laughs> yeah. Live or die trying. Yeah. Or bottle Actually, rockets are another quite... one. You can shoot bottle rockets at each other. Have you guys yeah. ever done that? Yeah. Uh, no, I. That was not because those actually bang at the end um, oh. with a little explosion. I. I never did and that. I did that, the ones that could fizzle out quickly. That's what made the fear real. There you go. Oh. Um, let's see. Best. So my wife grew up in San Diego. Um, did not do fireworks growing up she never was around it very much um and oh i'm trying to remember how many years ago that was i think that was about three or four years ago um we were actually out here at my sister's and for fourth of july and um i convinced her to hold a uh roman candle because me and my uh, my nephews were doing it and uh you know we were just kind of going through the night doing that prepping for all the big stuff later and she agreed, and apparently she had one that was maybe my my. So I'm gonna preface this also with my dad has a bad habit of storing old fireworks. They could be several years old by the time we oh. actually use them. So I think she got an old one, and oh, as it no. starts going, it blows up in her hand. Oh, um, no burns or anything on her hand because they're just very light fireworks. But she was like, I am never going to do a firework again. Oh, I will sit on the porch and enjoy them. So, and I happened to, and this is the most amazing part. I happened to be taking a picture of her saying, hey, you know, like this is her first time doing fireworks. I caught the exact moment oh, it no. blew up in her hand. So. No. Uh-uh. Yep. 
Yep. <laughs> you are not encouraging me to go have this experience. <laughs> well, just ho- saying. Hopefully my story will. Now, um, for listeners <laughs> yeah. that are wondering why on earth I just sound like I stepped into a bathroom, I didn't. <laughs> Um, I'm in a corner again, but I had to take the blanket off. I was literally losing a lot of a lot of fluid. Um, <laughs> oh man! So just the soundproofing just a blanket right that I had, yes, it's gone. It's gone. So uh, I had to stand up too because I was on my knees the entire time. Um, I wanted to tell my story though. Uh, we were at uh, we were in Tennessee and uh, we were out in our front of our yard, just you know. And here, here in Tennessee, you don't have subdivisions or you know neighbors. Um, so. <laughs> We were out in front of our yard. Nobody was around, but uh, we had a whole bunch of people over. And a friend of mine uh, named Aaron, um, he decided that he was going to put, uh, you know, if you ever watch people shoot off fireworks, you know, they put it down the uh, the artillery shells. They'll put them down into the little tube and they'll shoot off and, and blow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that we could do three. Oh, no, excuse me. He started with two. He said we can do two. And uh, I was like, yeah, I don't think we can do two, but okay. And uh, so he tried it. It worked. Um to our amazement and then uh he said we could do three <laughs> guys we can't do three <laughs> so these are so the artillery shells they're like the disney fireworks you know they're they're they're, they're pretty big they get they're they're tended to shoot up high in the air and blow up okay um well this uh older gentleman who went to our church at the time um he was sitting there uh watching the fireworks as we we're shooting them off and uh somehow aaron lit the thing wrong and uh, the first one that was in the tube went off first so that means it shot up out of the tube pushing the other two that were already lit out of the tube with it um so one went up underneath the truck and blew up mm. the other one god rest his soul fired into <laughs> fired into this guy's lap and uh i have never seen an older gentleman um who was who was who was well with age um uh, move that that quickly. Uh, <laughs> he he flew out of his chair as the as this firework proceeded to blow up. Um, so yeah, that was that was one of wow. our yeah. So <laughs> hopefully hopefully that inspires you Emily, to go and, uh, and so blow inspired. up fireworks. So inspired. Now guys, we want to hear your favorite firework stories. Uh, you can do you can join the conversation. Just head over to our Facebook group. Uh, it's called Creative Church now, CRTV Church Group, and uh, you can answer our reply all question. We'll be putting that in probably tomorrow when this podcast drops because. We're on a we're on a different um, posting schedule this week because of sorry we're on a different posting schedule this week because of the the live show that we've done here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very unique. There are a few great ways you can share your appreciation for the uh, Creative Church podcast. First, subscribe and ask your favorite podcatcher. We also release all of our episodes on our website at creativechurch.com. Also, review this podcast and show us some rating star love on iTunes so we can get more exposure and the more people that find us can uh, really join in on the Oreo love. Yes, the Oreo love. <laughs> yep. We didn't talk about the Oreo love this week, but you just go well, listen we to last. We talked about changing the yeah. names. So. Yeah, we're we, calling oh, it this the Oreo hint. podcast. Yep. Come on. Yeah, we are Use the all them Oreo podcast. hashtags. Yep. Get some get some sponsorship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, well, if, if Ross, if you've got a whole bunch of fitness women following you, I don't think that they're going to want the Oreo <laughs> Maybe podcast. I'll start posting pictures of Oreos and they'll stop following. Yes, yes, that's, yes. there we go. 100%. Uh, lastly, consider sharing this episode on social media. You can find us on social media by searching our handle, Creative Church. That's one word, CRTV Church. Special thanks to Stephen for joining us today. You can check out all that he's doing by heading over to our podcast episode page on our website at creativechurch.com. Uh, in the meantime, for the Oreo Podcast, I'm Nick Goodner. I'm Ross Montgomery. And I'm Emily Cummins. And we will see you next episode.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Creative Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at creativechurch.com. That's crtvchurch.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Creative Church. Also, don't forget to check out all the other podcasts we have to offer on the Creative Church Podcast Network. 